it's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. I never knew what it was going to be like, and I was so nervous running out of the tunnel the first time. And I remember, you know, going up to the lady that calls my name, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. And she was like, just run out to the field. You'll figure it out. Just You've been doing this your whole life. And then I just ran out, and it was uh, one of the most loud roars I heard in a long time. And our guest this week, Philadelphia Wings forward Matt Rambo, one of the best lacrosse players the Philadelphia area has ever produced. Matt, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So you're back to the outdoor game for this time of the year as we're speaking, but you've got a year with the Philadelphia Wings under your belt. Uh, They were an expansion team, even though it was kind of the Wings coming back. But year one, what did you think? Uh, Year one was amazing. Um... Our record didn't show. We were four and fourteen, which doesn't, you know, speak that highly of our team. But uh, I think we lost like seven or eight one goal games, a couple overtime games. So we're right there. If the ball bounced our little our way, you know, we would have been, you know, a top playoff team. And uh, it's just about building chemistry. And the outdoor game was amazing. Um, I think everyone knows by now that Philadelphia has the best fans. The energy that the fans bring to the atmosphere every weekend when we're down and when we're up, it's it's absolutely amazing. So, you know, you can't not give so much credit to the fans because they do everything for us. They're supportive, you know, when we win or lose. So, you know, you got to be grateful for them. Was this, this was obviously your first year with the Wings. Was this your first year with the indoor game? Yeah, this is my first year playing box lacrosse. Um, it was a whole different animal at first. You know, the first couple of weeks playing, I wasn't uh, producing as well as I wanted to do. But, you know, as the season went along, my coaches and some of the mentors on my team that been in the league for 10 or 12 years really helped me out And uh, until I really started going, I guess, uh, a couple of weeks in. Was the goal, or I shouldn't say the goal, was the plan always to, to give Box a shot? Or when you hear that the Philadelphia Wings are coming in, does the antenna go up and go... This has to be a part of what I do. Yeah, right out of uh, right out of Maryland, I uh, got drafted by the New England Black Wolves, and that was the form of the Philadelphia Wings. Right. Moved up there, and uh, you know, just playing four years of college lacrosse, I wanted a summer off, and I didn't make their uh, protected list. Obviously, I didn't play, and um, when I heard the Philadelphia Wings were going to pick me up in the expansion draft, that antenna went right up, and I could have been more excited. I was down the beach in Sea Isle, and uh, I, I was just with some of my family and friends, and when I told them when I got the call, everyone was so excited, and especially me, just trying something new. And, you know, the box game, you know, the greatest lacrosse players play indoor and outdoor, and you're just talking to a bunch of uh, legends of lacrosse. They were telling me you got to play both. You're going to regret it if you don't. And even now talking to some of the older guys that are in the outdoor league are just like, that's the coolest thing that you could ever done is play indoor. So I'm so psyched that I got to pick up the indoor this year. For people that aren't as familiar, how does the skill set translate from one game to the other? Do do things that really make you special in the outdoor game get neutralized by the smaller box game? Kind of break it down yeah, a little bit. The box game is so tight and small. It's pretty much comparing like uh a hockey rink what you're playing in versus a, a soccer field. So everything's more spread out and outdoor. Uh there's no 30-second shot clock. There's a 60-second shot clock, so you have a little bit more time. The goals are bigger. So, you know, some of the quicker, faster guys do a lot better in outdoor when indoor is a super physical hitting game like hockey, and 
there's picks where you can cross check the whole time. It's there's fighting. So there's a lot of things that outdoor and indoor don't have in common, but it lacrosse is lacrosse and that's what uh my coach was trying to tell me and you know, the the league is so populated with Canadians because it's uh box is more of a Canadian sport and he was just trying to tell me, you know, just be be an American, play your American way and you know, when I started doing that, um my game really exploded. So I just think there's a little things, you know, there's tighter space and you just got to get used to catching and throwing in tighter space, having someone on your hip the whole time and the physicality is a little bit different, which ties into my game because how I play outdoor lacrosse is how I play indoor. I'm super physical. I'm not really going to juke anyone out and break their ankles. I'm more of a physical dodger. And uh, a lot of defensemen don't like that in outdoor because when you get into someone's body, it's hard for them to, to cover you. So, you know, I use that as my advantage for both leagues now. So when does the lacrosse journey start for you? Of research, and it looks like around five or six was when you first started playing? Yeah, uh, when I was in kindergarten, um, my dad played lacrosse. My bro- older brother played lacrosse. So lacrosse has always been something to me. And my first organized team was with the Abington Lacrosse Club in kindergarten. And that I played in the league from kindergarten to fourth grade, just a rec league. And, you know, that's where I fell in love with it right away. Um, just being in my backyard every day. My mom had to, you know, literally pull me out of the backyard to do my homework or eat dinner because it was such an obsession for me of just, uh, you know, once you pick up a sport and you fall in love with, it's hard to let it go all the time. What was it about the sport at that young age that you that you just loved? I, I just think that when I was so young, just watching some of the guys on TV or YouTube or Google videos when I was little, just the high speed of... Uh, the game, you're up and down the field. It's not, you know, there's no stoppage like baseball every time. You're not standing around. You're always doing something. And for me, I'm an offensive player. You know, you can score as many goals as you want in a game or have an assist. And for me, that was pretty awesome just to be able to um, score goals, get assists, and be physical. You can swing your stick and hit people and body check someone. So I think at a young age, I thought that was the coolest thing ever, scoring goals and hitting people. And uh-huh. That's where I fell in love with it. So I also read like around fifth grade, you were playing like two age brackets up or two groups up. What yeah. was is that when you start to realize, even at that young age, that I don't just love this, I'm pretty good at this? Yeah, I think uh, when I was in third grade, I started playing with the fifth and sixth graders and you know, the top Abington team, and Abington has uh you know, there's probably a hundred guys or, you know, 50 to a hundred guys that went D1. So we're a super good prestigious program and playing with some of the older guys in the fifth grade, I started playing with the seventh, eighth grade. And I was like, you know what, you know, I can have a chance with this thing, you know, playing college across is my dream. And, you know, when you start playing with guys that are right before you get to high school and you're doing well and you're starting and you're scoring a lot, you know, you know, my dream was just getting bigger and bigger. And it wasn't something where I had just had to stop. It was, I got to keep working harder, and my my goal was always trying to be the best, and I'm still trying to be the best. And you know, it's just something that you shoot for. What's it like, as you know, somebody when you're at that age? Because confidence, you know, is so fragile when you're young like that. Yeah, to have that type of success against kids two, three, four years older than you. Uh, my confidence went. You know, it was high, and it wasn't just with the cross. So that really helped me out with, you know, if it was schoolwork, and I wasn't the best student growing up until I got to um, to high school. You know, that's one of the reasons why 
you know, I went to Abington High School to LaSalle High School, which is a focus more on schoolwork and, you know, my studies. But, you know, my schoolwork was getting a little bit better because I was so confident in playing. And every little thing I did, if it was football or when I wrestled or if I was playing b- backyard basketball with someone, I was always confident just, you know, of my ath- athletic abilities just because how well I was doing in lacrosse field. And even with outside life, if I was, you know, young trying to, you know, talk to a girl or something, that that all helps. And I just think um, sports in general just helps with everyone's confidence. And it was something special for me to be able to play up with everyone. And, you know, it still gave me that humble check where I'm playing up with 7th and 8th graders in 5th grade. But don't get me wrong, I was getting beat up the whole time too. I wasn't always the, you know, the best at 5th grader. I was maybe the 5th best on the team there, but I was still playing and, you know, having fun, but I was definitely being humbled the whole time. So I think that really helped me out. I think my dad and my coaches realized that was a good thing for me not to play with the fifth and sixth graders because uh, my skill level was so beyond them. And, you know, you got to give credit to my coaches and my teammates for just pushing me the whole time. But, um, you know, going up there and and just being humble was, uh, was probably the best thing that happened to me too. What kind of street cred does that give you you (laughs) as a fifth grader? You know, like you said, you may be not the best, but you're one of the you're holding your more than holding your own with right. the with the older kids. I can only imagine. Uh, it, it gave me a lot of street cred <laughs> with my friends because I would still play on the fifth and sixth grade team, but you know I would practice with them. I would play some games with them, and then I would go and run to the next field and play with the seventh and eighth graders. So uh, my street cred, you know, cred was up, and you know all my friends, and I think just bringing my friends out, like my best friend, his name's Austin Pafani, and he went to UNC. And he was a four-time All-American there, and he still plays in the pros. And we would go head-to-head with it for, you know, fifth grade through, you know, throughout college and still in the pros. I play him in two weeks. So, you know, I think just being around him had me, you know, worked harder and harder because he was beating me up and everything the whole time and going against him one-on-one in my backyard, you know, every day in the summer until, you know, one of us was like, all right, let's go to the pool. But, uh, you know, just I think with me being so – uh, you know, picking up the game so fast. I, I think it also helped my friends out and they helped me out too. You know, just always having their stick in their hand, always practicing the technology when I was younger. And it's not that long ago. There was, I didn't have a cell phone until I was in high school and, you know, Xbox wasn't there. We didn't have Ubers. I had to bu- ride my bike everywhere. So we always had our lacrosse sticks in our hand. And that's why my core friend group, you know, a lot of them still play in the pros right now, and they're all my age. So I think that just was uh, super cool to see. And, I, you know, all my friends who played D1 that I grew up with and just always having the stick in the hand. And I think a lot of kids are getting away with it with the technology these days, which stinks, but that's just the world we live in. This is one of the first times you're saying back in my day. Huh? <laughs> yeah, back in my day. <laughs> so LaSalle College High School, when do you start getting – Attention! I think like 2013, you were the number one yeah. player in the state, stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure colleges start to descend. Does it start early enough? Are you uh, like on the radar as a freshman? And Yeah, right away. So when I was in eighth grade, I went up and started playing with, uh, you know, the high school team. It's called Duke's Lacrosse Club. And when I was younger, and they're still up there, they're, they were the best club team, you know, around. And they're still one of the best club teams still. So every game we would go to from ninth grade to 12th grade, there's, there could be seven college coaches or there could be a hundred. You never know on the circumstances of the game. It could be a championship game and the whole other sidelines filled with coaches and it's pretty nerve wracking. But, 
you know, I started getting attention at eighth grade when I started, you know, playing up with the high school guys and, uh, you know, just seeing an eighth grader play with the high school guys are really, you know, maybe the number one club team around was uh, gave me attention. But I didn't really get my first offer till freshman year of high school. So the next year I started getting a lot of looks from a lot of schools and I started doing recruiting trips. And that's when the pressure started to happen. And, you know, that's when, you know, your reality comes you know, real, like, all right, I'm really going to do this D1 thing. So now it's let me go to a school and let me find it. And it's not about, you know, is it Maryland, which where that where I went, or is not Virginia or Hofstra. It's not about the name. And, you know, a lot of mentors and older guys really taught me how to recruit or go on my recruiting thing. It's not about the name of on your shirt. It's about what are you going to do there for four years? You got to be there and have fun socially. You got to love the lacrosse team and you got to do well there academically. So, you know, there's three things I really looked at on my recruiting trip that I really wanted to, you know, find my home for the next four years. For it to start, to, to have basically your entire high school be under, you talked about the pressure of the recruiting and all that and dealing with that. Did it ever get to be too much? Did you have moments where you're like, enough i mean not that you're going to quit the sport or anything like that but like that's a lot on a 15 16 year old kids plate yeah um i mean you got to either embrace the spotlight or you got to hide away from it and i was someone that always wanted the spotlight and uh i mean it wasn't something where it was me being cocky it was me just being so competitive and me trying to win and um that's all i wanted to do and you know there's always saying that we always say it's like i'd rather I, I hate uh, I hate losing more than I like winning, and that's just something that I've been, you know, so competitive about my whole life, and you know, still to this day, I I hate losing. We all hate losing. I don't think anyone likes losing, even a video game or a card game. You know, it stinks. So just you know, the spotlight was always there with me. But when I was at LaSalle, I also had fourteen other kids going D one too. So. It wasn't. Uh, it helped kind of. It helped even it out, or we, even when I was at Abington my freshman year, my brother was going to Hofstra, his best friend was going to Hofstra, my buddy was going to UNC, Princeton. So it was all spread out. So um, I think you know I didn't really get that at pressure as much. It was more out. just life. It was because it was like surrounded you. Yeah, it was all around me. But you know, definitely being the number one recruit, there was definitely more pressure and more expectation with my coaches and everything and more pressure at the end of games, who's getting the ball at the end and stuff like that. And, um, you know, a lot of times just give it to me, put it in my stick and let me make a play. And, you know, it wasn't me trying to be the hero. It was just me trying to make a play happen. And if I was scoring or passing or just drawing the slide and moving the ball, and that's all that mattered to us was it didn't matter if I had 100 goals or one goal that game. It was just all about winning as a team. It's time for a break. We will have more with Matt Rambo right after this. This is One on One. I'm Matt Leon, sports reporter and anchor here at KYW News Radio. Talking to athletes, coaches, people in Philly sports every day, you find out they have incredible stories to tell. So I started a podcast, a weekly conversation with someone you should know more about. It's called One on One with Matt Leon. Subscribe now wherever you listen. And we are back on one-on-one, continuing our conversation with Philadelphia Wings forward Matt Rambo. So you're starring in high school. We talk about the getting recruited throughout your career. You choose Maryland, as you mentioned. Why? I chose Maryland for a couple of reasons. One, um, when I visit the team, I had the best uh, connection with the team um, when I was recruited. And 
I was I was able to go out with the team. I'm not sure if it's allowed to do that anymore. But I went out with the team, and when I went on different recruiting trips, you know, there was different vibes from other teams. And the one thing I loved about Maryland was if there was a party at one house, everyone's there. If everyone's going to somewhere, the whole team is going there. And that's what I really loved about the Maryland team was they all stick together. So that was pretty cool. Two, um, my coach, Coach Tillman, was amazing. He was uh, he was great at recruiting. And, um, you know, Maryland was one of my top five schools that I visited out of probably ten. And, uh, you know, some schools gave me pressure and said, you know, you have 30 days to, you know, commit because – uh, just, I guess of, I don't know why. And, uh, coach someone said, take your time, take as long as you want your scholarship and your offer and everything will always be here. Don't worry about it. So I really, uh, respected him for that. And two and three, um, you know, academically was, uh, you know, was a great fit for me. And, um, you know, when I went and talked to my advisor, Heather, she's amazing. You know, she said, you know, all the athletes get tutors if you need a tutor. So that was great. So some classes, if I was struggling, I wouldn't need a tutor. So that was also great. So, you know, you know, socially, academically, and, you know, plan-wise, I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, Maryland was a super prestigious school. Um, you know, they didn't win a championship since 1975. So, um, you know, that wasn't really tied into it, but that was pretty cool to just know that they've been in like 19 Final Fours and they're always such a top five, top ten team in the in the country every year was super exciting for me. And, uh, you know, it, it, it felt like home when I went there. And, you know, obviously when I went through, I had three final schools. I had a pro and con sheet and uh, Maryland was easy, my favorite. Now, they you did lead them to a national championship right? your senior year, 2017. Yep. I want to start this part of the conversation in 2016. You guys have a, you're, you have a phenomenal season. The team has a phenomenal season. The championships, Philadelphia. Right. You get there, and do you get the feeling like, oh, this is how it has to happen. Where they're gonna, I'm going to uh, lead the Terrapins. We're going to do it in right. Philadelphia. And you lose in overtime to North Carolina. Lost in overtime to North Carolina. And, uh, you know, that was super upsetting, and we worked so hard, and, you know, it was such a great year, Um, but you got to give credit to UNC, and, you know, uh, my best friend was on the team. I was super happy for him that he won a national championship, and towards the end of the year, their team was, I think there was a strategy with their uh, coach, and I, I don't know if it was his son or something. I forget the whole story, but, you know, just seeing how they came together and won the championship, I was super happy for him. But obviously, I was super bummed out. But I knew that we had such a strong core coming in that uh, you know we got to go back to work and whatever we did last year, we got to do just a little bit more. And in 2015, we lost uh, uh, Denver in the championship in Philly too, so that sucked. So lost two championships in Philly, which it would have been a dream come true if I could win one in Philly. How much does? Do those two, and you kind of said this, but those two championship losses, how much does that like light the fire for your senior year? Because this is it. There's, yeah. you know, it's now or never. Uh, oh, man. Our senior class is so highly praised before we got into Maryland. Uh, I think according to the recruiting uh, gurus or whatever, they, they, they had us as the number one class to come in um, our freshman class. So, you know, we were always super high. A lot of freshmen played, so you know, by the time we were seniors, we didn't win the championship yet. So it was it was do or die. And uh, 
I think we put on um, a good show that year and everyone came together. And, you know, my grandpa always says there was never a weak part on that team in 2017. I'm not saying there was weak parts in 2016, 15, or 14, but 2017 from our goalie to our attack, we were top to bottom, really solid. So, you know, it had to be this year if it was going to be any year. Um, So, you know, getting it done my senior year and going out like that, you can't wish for a better going out party. So what is that like as the clock's ticking down and you're closing in on a national championship? You know, the clock's clicking down, and it's nine five nine six, and you're like, oh, God, we're about to be national champions. And I just looked at my, you know, my two buddies on my attack line. I've been playing with them, Dylan Maltz and Colin Heacock, for the last three years. We've been on the same line for sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. And, you know, you get those happy tears. And I'd never really experienced that before. I've been so happy where you started, you know, almost tearing up of happiness and uh, it was definitely real, and I never felt that way in my life. And to this day, it's still the greatest day of my life. So you really can't explain the feeling. It's just something that you got to be there. And, you know, you work so hard for four years, and especially that year from August, you know, to you know to May, uh, our team was working so hard together. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, hiccups in our, in our season. So, you know, it had to be done. And, it was pretty nerve-wracking because it was playing Ohio State for a third time. They're Big Ten guys, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, the lacrosse gods helped us out that day. Now, you also won the Tewartan Award, which is the Heisman Trophy of right. of lacrosse. I watched the video of you, of that, of the award ceremony where you won. And when you're, what's going through your mind? I think there were four other finalists on stage with you, and, they're they're getting ready to right. announce, and you guys are all just kind of hanging out. What was that like? Yeah, you're just hanging out with uh, you know four top guys in the country that are absolutely amazing, and um, I got to play with three of them actually in the past two years, so I'm pretty pumped about that. And you're just standing there, and you're just like hoping your name is called. And um, did it seem surreal when it was? Did it take half a second to uh, like click? Wait a minute, that's me. Yeah, I kind of. I didn't know, but I, I kind of had a feeling that I was going to win just because um, I won the championship. I had to go through uh, the, my one buddy, Connor Fields. He played for Albany. I had to go through Trevor Baptiste, and we put, beat them in the semis. And then uh, Ben Reeves was there, and I think he lost in the semifinals too. So, you know, I think winning the championship definitely gives you a lot more, you know, pool, just especially because we had to go through a bunch of those teams already. So, um, Standing up there, I was nervous, and I don't think I ever gave a speech in front of like 400, 500 people, or maybe a thousand because there's so many people outside. And then it's on, you know, a lot of lacrosse guys are watching it live stream, and so it's pretty nerve wracking. But, uh, you know, it's a really sick award. It's not my favorite award, but it's up there. What's your favorite award? The national championship award? The national award? championship Obviously. is yeah. my favorite. And I can't say I would win the Tour Town War without my teammates and my coaches. I mean, they helped me out so much throughout the whole year and, you know, just helping me develop as a player, uh, going as a freshman with like 30 goals and a couple assists to my senior year when I was like 40 goals and 40 assists, just transformed me as a player. But, you know, you got to give all the credit to my teammates. They got open for me. They scored goals for me. They got out of my way or, you know, my defense came up big or my goalie came up big and, you know, without winning, you're not going to win this award. Nobody's going to win that award if your team goes 0-15. So, 
you got to give the credit to my teammates. I still think it's a teammate award, and a lot of people look at it as like the Heisman, and yeah, I guess you can look at that, but it's hard to win the Heisman when your team's not winning either, right. so it's definitely a team award too. How many, where was that ceremony? It was at the, the I, I, I think it's called the Native American Museum in Washington, D.C., or something on that line. Because you, you seemed like you had a uh, large contingent there that, yeah. you know, it was like almost like a, a home ceremony for you. <laughs> it pretty much was uh, D.C. and University College Park are 20 minutes away from each other. Um, the, the girl, Zoe Zuckerberg, that won... The girls, she was a Maryland girl too. So we had two Maryland people win the Torton and the national championship that year. So that was a huge year for Maryland lacrosse. And, you know, all the girls were there cheering her on. All the guys were there cheering me on. And the the faculty, the the staff, you know, just people above my coach Tillman, uh, you know, the athletic directors, everyone that you could think of was there to support me throughout my four years was there, which was really touching for me just to see – you know how much you know these people really care about you, and it was uh, it was pretty sick hearing them cheer. I was definitely nervous giving my speech, so uh, it was it was so surreal. Was the plan always to go pro? That that you're gonna take this as far as it can go uh, as your college is winding down? Yeah, uh, you know a lot of people were looking for desk jobs all the time, and I was going to do the lacrosse thing. I wanted to coach lacrosse. I want to do camps and clinics all over the country and run lacrosse camps, lacrosse clinics, and I want to play pro. Um, you know, it, it's uh, you know, it, when I would first got out of college, it wasn't something where you can make that big of a li- living, even though it was two years ago. But now with this new league that developed, um, and, the, and I'm doing indoor as well, it's definitely – Suitable to do a living with that, um, playing indoor, outdoor, coaching, clinics, sponsorship. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit behind a desk nine to five. I'd rather do something I truly love. And, you know, that's where I'm going to take it as far as I can, as long as I can. And uh, it, it's my dream was always to be a pro, you know, being, you know, being able to call yourself a professional athlete is pretty cool because, um you know, a lot of people don't see how hard people really work to be at that point of your life. But I think, you know, my family and everyone has seen me work since I've been in third grade in my backyard for two hours every day, shooting the ball and working out or doing whatever I can to be the best. And I'm still trying to push myself to be the best. You know, I think it's inspiring to them. And, you know, I have little cousins that play lacrosse and they're going off to play in college too. And I think, you know, just, you know, I th- feel like I could be a role model to them and a bunch of people. And, uh, you know, playing pro is awesome. How was the transition to the pro game? Was it difficult at first? Does Is it another level of it's oh, a little yeah. faster, stronger, bigger, you know, stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, so this year was the first time they put a shot clock in uh, the college and uh, it's 80 seconds. And that's a lot longer than 60 seconds in the league that I'm in. Uh, the PLL is uh, 52 seconds. So once the goalie makes a save, 52 seconds is going, and it's high speed, lots of shots. The field in the PLL is 10 yards sh- shorter in the inside, so there's more transition. There's a two-point arc at 15 yards, so you can shoot the ball from 15 yards. It goes in, that's two points. And you're not just playing, you know, w- at Maryland it was the best kids from every high school going now when you're playing in the pros it's the 120 best people in the whole while in the whole entire world playing and it's pretty tough and you know 
if you don't perform well, you might not be playing next week, and that's the world we're living in. And I think that goes with all professional sports. If you know, uh, you know, if a, a quarterback's not performing really well for the first three weeks, you got to look at the backup quarterback or a wide receiver, running back, whatever. It's the same situation. So, you know, we got to stay in top shape. We got to eat right. We got to you know, take care of our bodies. And, you know, our our job is to perform on, you know, for me it's Saturday or Sunday, but it actually is me to perform, you know, all week to make sure I'm in check and, you know, doing the right things to recover my body because it is toxin on your body, all the running we're doing and, you know, how physical it is now. And uh, there's less penalties in the pros. They let us play a little bit more. So it's a lot more physical. So just, you know, doing the right things to keep your body right. And, you know, you never know how long you're going to play for. How much fun is playing pro lacrosse in Philadelphia in your hometown? Ah, uh, the indoor, the indoor segment of my pro career uh, versus the outdoor uh, career. My indoor is like uh, if you're ever dreaming about being a professional football quarterback or whatever, but I get to do a playing lacrosse in front of ten to fifteen thousand guy uh, fans a night. And just being from the, your hometown is it's something so special because I don't think everyone knew how crazy and awesome our fans were on our team until they came in our arena. And I, just because our team was gone, so there's guys that have been on the team for 10 years and they're like, crap, when, we go, when I used to play in Philly, when I used to play on another team, it used to be the craziest place to play in. It was the most awesome place. And then we had guys that haven't played in Philly for four years and they're like, this is so sick. And it's awesome for me just because I get family, friends, club teams, and, you know, I get a certain amount of tickets to give out or I can borrow my buddies. I'm giving out like 40 tickets sometimes to games for my family and friends. And, you know, some people are like, is that stressful? I'm like, no, I love it. I want everyone to come here. I want, you know, this is a Philadelphia sport. Everyone loves Philly. And, you know, just just to be able to play in my hometown is truly, I think, one of my biggest dreams came true because when I was little, I used to go to the Spectrum and Wachovia Center and watch the uh, the Wings play before it became Wells Fargo. And that place was crazy packed and bumping with live music going on the whole time. It's a party for the fans the whole time. And then you get to watch us, you know, have high-scoring games between, you know, 12 to 18 goals a game. And, you know, you get to see fights. You get to see people hit into the board. It's like hockey, but more scoring and on your feet. So it's a party for them. And I never knew what it was going to be like. And I was so nervous running out of the tunnel the first time because I'm number one. And uh, they do the two goalies first. And I remember, you know, going up to the lady that calls my name. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do. And she was like, just run out to the field. You'll figure it out. Just you've been doing this your whole life. And I just ran out. And it was uh, it was pretty electric. It was pretty one of the most loud roars I heard in a long time. I had so many family and friends there. But just knowing, I think, you know, just hearing that I'm from Philadelphia area, I think it ties the fans in a little bit more and, you know, I get a little bit more respect from the fans just because I'm a hometown kid. Could you have imagined this playing out any better, this arc of your lacrosse career to this point? Uh, I, I, I don't. Um, I'm pretty grateful and I'm pretty thankful. And uh, I, I just don't see, you know, this out playing any better for me. Uh, you know, going to a, a D1 college and winning a championship and, you know, winning the Torton and, being in Philadelphia and then being in this brand new league that they just started out there called the PLL that's getting more attention in lacrosse in the last 
you know, 50 years. It's on NBC Sports. It's, you know, broadcast on NBC Sports every weekend, and it's on live television worldwide. And, um, you know, it's it's something that is really amazing, and you got to look back and just be grateful for everything. And it's humbling because, you know, I don't know how long I could do it. If I'm not this good next year, I'm going to be cut. So this is just, you know, you got to be thankful and everything. But at the same time, I got to work my tail off every day to be able to keep doing this and live this dream because, you know, this is all a dream. This is what I dreamed of playing in the pros, playing in Philly, playing in college. And, you know, I think it gives a testament to like all my, you know, family and friends that supported me and never let me slack off, especially, you know, my parents. Uh, my dad still calls me, you know, he's like, you work out today? And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, they're still on top of me with it. And, you know, that's what I love. And I think they love it just as much as I love it. They get to go to a different city all the time when they can travel. They went to Boston. They went to New York last weekend for my two games. You know, my dad's been up to Canada, Toronto now, and Buffalo, and he, like, loves it. So um, it's it's awesome for me. It's awesome for my family. And it's just a, it's a humbling experience, and it's awesome for the game of lacrosse. The game of lacrosse is growing with all these things happening with the new leagues, the indoors blowing up, the outdoors blowing up in a, in a positive way. That it's it's super good for the it's super good for the game, and I'm happy to be you know just a part of it. Matt Rambo, Philadelphia Wings, joining us on one on one. Thanks so much for stopping yeah, by. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And that will do it for this week's show. One on One is an original sports podcast from KYW News Radio. If you like the show and want to help us out, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And you can help more people find out about the podcast by finding the show on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at One on One Pod, and you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Leon Ten Sixty. Thanks again to Philadelphia Wings forward Matt Rambo for joining us you can follow matt on twitter at rat mambo i'm matt leon come back next week for another good conversation with someone you should know more about